Hello and welcome to another 6-1 Indie Developer Conversation. My name is Mike Townjo. Today, I am joined by John Riley of Scythe Dev Team. John, what's going on? What's going on, Mike? How you doing? Good. How are you? Thank you so much for hanging out. Oh, no worries. Uh, really liked your, your writing uh, and hey, the thanks. review. Uh, just beyond saying nice things about us, like the whole history breakdown of PS1 style games and, you know, our own history was really, really well done. So, like, it's funny because I so Happy Humble's Burger Farm is the first game of yours I played. <laughs> so, like, I definitely like once I played it and then um, obviously even after the uh, when I first saw it over the summer, I instantly became obsessed with both like that PS1 style thing, uh, that genre, which I've been calling grunge horror um, and your guys's work. So, yeah, tell me a bit about Scythe and what you guys do. So we started uh, actually as a rock opera that I made in high school. That just Fuck had, yeah. Hold on. A, time out. Okay. Tell me about that first. All right. So there's like, <laughs> it was going to be 30 songs, but then it ended up only being 20. And they were all just wrote on Guitar Pro. So they're like MIDI songs. So ironically, they sounded like video game music even before that was the intention. Um, it kind of sounds like a Super Nintendo soundtrack, ironically. Hell yeah. But it told a story set in this post-apocalyptic world. And then... Years later, we started a record label. Well, I started the Synthwave record label. And uh, I was like, wouldn't it be cool if it was like Pink Floyd's The Wall, but it's just The Wall's story never ends, and it, it <laughs> extends to other bands. Now Deep Purple is writing a sequel to The Wall. How would that sound? And so that was basically the genesis of the the label. And then when Caleb joined, he's the programmer. Mm. Um, he brought all these skill sets that expanded how we told stories. Like He was really good at graphic design, so now they had like these really good album covers that told a story and um you know i'd write a short story novella type thing for each compilation cool and then that uh, spiraled for many years you know into different avenues uh it would told stories in the same universe as that rock opera as kind of like the the foundation but we i brought it back before the apocalypse so that we could tell how the end of the world happens yeah and then when we started making games, it was actually, if you got to the museum and saw the planetarium spiel, yeah, that was a recording and a song that we made with the narrator, David K. Jones, who's worked with us, you know, like doing trailers for the compilations. But it was just like a breakdown of the universe. Oh, so and then sick. we're like, <laughs> let's make an interactive wiki for this. It's so cool. Like, why don't we make a wiki? And then we made the wiki... And we're like, wait, we can make video games. So like, then we never like revealed that recording or the song that went with it until this game, like, oh, sick. like five years later, it was just like, if finally there's like a museum and a planetarium, we're like, oh, we can finally use this. <laughs> it's, it's, it's just so <laughs> absurd that we, we started making games to just house that. And now we've, we had to find a good spot to put it. But, um, so we started with construct too. And Caleb was programming and I was writing game design documents. And like we did like a hotline Miami type thing oh. with uh the the Spectre City Slasher character or the Northbury Grove oh. butcher. Um we never finished these, mind you, but and then sure, one was yeah. kind of like a top-down, like GTA, like one and two style game nice. set in the uh the apocalypse. Um, but then when uh Caleb brought his childhood friend Blake in, who did uh 3d modeling he was he learned blender to join the team and he uh caleb brought us all together and 
we had a big discord conference call and like we just started making stuff so like we made 10 games and we just kept no this isn't good enough this isn't good enough there are actually a lot of footage there is a lot of footage of these games online on youtube mm. but um we finally settled on northbury grove and finished it and then when we released it it actually kind of went somewhat viral like jacksepticeye berlizzi cory extension like all these pretty renowned and awesome youtubers like played it and and like helped us like oh well there's actually something here people like our games and like we just kept making games from that point we never really stopped we made mostly short like one hour experiences and put them on youtube and yeah. then that escalated until we got, you know, three publishing deals back to back. The first two with the DreadX Collection 1, DreadX Collection 2. Yeah. And then in between those, Tiny Build encountered us. And then they're like, this Happy Sumble Burger Barn game has a really interesting twist. What would you do for a full game? And then we, you know, we never stopped. Like, um, we, the day we, we released and finished to the end of days, which is on DreadX Collection 2, we immediately started on Burger Farm. Nice. And then, yeah, we just released that on December 3rd. I guess that's the whole history pretty much summed up pretty... Yeah, you just uh, you ran through my entire doc. Uh, congratulations. I, think, I guess we end this thing. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I, I guess to like take a couple steps back, so like, yeah, with like the YouTubers really picking up, I think that's something very unique with horror particularly because everybody everybody likes to watch a good jump scare it's kind of like for lack of better terms kind of easy content what was that feeling like when you first saw i guess like jack guy play one of the northberry games well it was really crazy because coming from a background of music and like how mm. hard it was to get stuff out there with video games is just like oh, i know it was almost immediate oh do you play too you make music yeah, I um play guitar, drum. I, I by trade I'm a audio engineer. Um oh, so nice. I, I've been in and out of like post hardcore pop punk bands throughout like my teenage years and stuff. I still oh, okay. put nice. out music and stuff. What uh what software are you using? What's the DAW of choice? I do Pro Tools for all my audio stuff and I use Reason for any uh programming stuff. So like um I, I cannot play drums for the life of me, so I use Reason to program all my drums and do some keys synths, stuff like that. Um and I use Pro Tools for all guitar recording vocals and for my mixing and mastering and whatnot and for my if i may use technical terms for my uh fucking up all of my vocals and stuff with uh <laughs> crazy distortions and like like uh my favorite plugin is uh devil lock from sound toys i use that nice. on all my tracks <laughs> um so I, yeah i i very much know the struggles of trying to get music out there oh uh, yeah it's like it's a whole impossible. different world it sucks <laughs> um you should check out what is it Krotos dehumanizer i use that oh. for like demon voices it's pretty pretty gnarly oh, i use yeah. ableton and then just hundreds of vsts and then trigger everything yeah, i i also like you program drums or like use like storm drum one two or two and three and you know all kinds of stuff it's fun yeah we're we're spoiled with technology oh we're so spoiled it's insane how like one person could flesh out an entire band on their computer that's what i do i do wall of yeah. sound phil specter oh, style with uh hell yeah with just playing every instrument myself you know uh same <laughs> like orchestra meet few like you know sample bake orchestra stuff audio imperia or east west or whatever yeah you know i i have spitfire or ado i, I spent a, a lot over the years on good software 
I know it's like every Black Friday you gotta keep yeah. a lookout. Like, oh, that's, that's last year I time. went insane with it. Yeah, I just got everything like, like just every kind of conceivable bank. In fact, uh, I was watching the new South Park special and there was oh, um, it's it's hilarious. But there was yeah, this one when they reveal who um, a new character is, they bring back. Uh, there's this like this evil pan flute noise and it's from Ooh. the same sample bank that i used in one of the oh, songs yeah. on happy's humble so like the menu song the the like when you first start your um the game up it has the same oh, exact yeah. like horror stinger that's in like that and <laughs> that's I, awesome. I was watching that like to decompress and get away from the game for a bit and then i just heard that i'm like oh god just i can't escape trigger ptsd <laughs> yeah just burgers start f- falling from the ceiling <laughs> Yeah, I mean, yeah, I even like during a lockdown, as soon as I got that stimulus check when I was like still technically employed at the time, I spent it on a new Gretsch (laughs) and a little orange amp, which is not the not the smartest thing. But hey, whatever. Yeah, I mean, (laughs) I I went into Guitar Center the last time I went in, I was like, I want an acoustic. I never had a nice acoustic to record and Mm -hmm. I wanted to record like a Brave New World type Iron Maiden album. So like, let me record yeah. a nice acoustic for once. I'm going to go get like a lush Taylor. So I like, go into Guitar Center. I'm looking at it. And then I like, I like messaged my dev team. I'm just like, you think it's a bad idea to spend uh, like, it's like two grand on an acoustic. They're like, yeah, what are you <laughs> thinking? And I'm like, yeah, you're right. I could get two nice $1,000 guitars. <laughs> and yeah. I, just, I got this nice Strat, like a Fender Strat <laughs> player. And then I had this nice tailor, and it's just like, all right, that's it for like two years. Like a, <laughs> these will have to carry, but the Defender plays so good, and it, and oh, it yeah. really nails the sound of Maiden, obviously. So I'm like, I don't know, it's just like elevating the genre I chose to pick, and the tailor is also was a really nice choice. Oh, tailors are fucking beautiful. I was looking at Martin too, and I, I don't know the, the fluidity and tone of Taylor was just more rich for me. Yeah. The Martin had more of a classical vibe, which was also very nice, but I did almost um which I'm glad I didn't and credit to getting married mid quarantine because obviously this was a family decision. Um <laughs> when Naughty Dog announced their partnership with Taylor and put out the replica Taylor from Last of Us Part Two for oh, over two thousand dollars. I didn't hear about that. That's a cool idea. Yeah. I was like fuck I damn really i want, want this thing. i want a signature guitar i know right <laughs> for a video game like let's get a burger guitar going hell yeah hit dude. me up fender or whoever <laughs> a ltd bass actually a fender bass oh fuck yeah a fender burger bass that would be the best tiny builds probably knows some people <laughs> get on <all> that <laughs> oh shit hell yeah um damn i don't even know where i was going now oh yeah but um yeah so you mentioned uh so uh the the um the Northberry Grove trilogy was so you're kind of the mastermind behind what you guys are calling the Scythe Saga universe. So, so what is that for folks who don't know? Because I think it's fascinating in terms of games. It's something we've seen in film and TV, but really yeah. it's all right. So like, I, I always like to draw a parallel with like Mortal Kombat because hell yeah, Mortal Kombat like encompasses so many different genres all in one based around like a Kung Fu storyline but like you they you got cyborgs and like mercenary gangs and like different species they invented some have four arms some are horse people and it's just like 
they made it all work. And I was just like, well, what about that? But it's just like John Carpenter, like every John Carpenter movie just thrown into one universe. And like, and it makes sense. And not just him, but like every cool 80s and 70s. Sure. Like there's elements of like dystopia, like Blade Runner or 1984. And it's just like, how do we like bring all of this into something cohesive? And then, um, you know, Caleb has developed quite a bit of lore as well like he created the character of dr grim uh blake has helped write all the stories of the games with us i mean i guess i'm obviously definitely the main lore guy but they've uh also contributed a lot of stuff you know all of our best ideas are us batting them uh back and forth and then you know everything they throw at me i can figure out a canonical significance like there's People ask me stuff and I'll make up an answer on the spot. And that's the new canon. I'm just like, like, yeah, that's canon now. Like they didn't know. I just came up with it now. It doesn't matter. It's how I live my life. It just makes shit up on the spot. Yeah. And it, sometimes it's the best stuff. Yep. Sometimes it's the worst. <laughs> yeah. But they don't need to know that. Nah, they don't know that. It's fine. <laughs> like uh, we uh, just in weird context, we just did a panel at PAX Unplugged and I'm very much not a tabletop person. And oh boy, I tried to fake it till I make it. Got called out on that shit real quick. <laughs> if you can own it, though, you know. Oh, I owned it. Good, good. Yeah, it's I'm used to, to making fun of myself and being the jackass. I'm fine with that. We have Get a bit of that in this game. You know, like yeah. uh, Burger Farm is, you know, some of the... You know, I read everything. I try to watch as much playthroughs as I can. Um, and, you know, some of the people are like, it doesn't take itself seriously. It's like, yeah, it's, I mean, like, there's a lot of elements that are kind of like season one Sopranos, like, which is hilarious. If you, I've rewatched yeah. Sopranos recently. It's like, this is one of the funniest shows <laughs> on top of being like this crazy drama with insane story arcs. But there's a lot of Goman-esque stuff. Like, we, me and Caleb both really like the Mystical Ninja series. Uh, nice. Goman's Great Adventure or Mystical Ninja. And uh, there's just that weird humor to it. And, you know, GTA and Postal. I don't know. I'm, I'm naming a bunch of games that have nothing to do with <laughs> cooking. So people are like, probably that have never heard of it. Or like, what is this game? Like, well, how do you make a cooking game on a Postal? It's like, oh, you, you'll see. I mean, yeah, let's just get right into it then. I mean, like, so let's start with Burger Barn. So Burger Barn was essentially, correct me if I'm wrong, kind of the prototype of what Farm is, right? Yeah, I believe it was developed in a few months. Burger Barn was like, we were making a first person uh, twisted metal. <laughs> Hell yeah. Caleb always tells me this is inaccurate. He's like, that doesn't count. I'm like, it's, yes, it does. We were making <laughs> like a twisted metal first person. It was like twisted metal meets Goldeneye. And, um, yeah. and then off of that, like... Caleb's like, let me make a drive-through. So that was like the genesis. But the drive-through turned into a restaurant, and then like Blake made the restaurant. And then like after like a week or two of them making that, they hit me up and they're like, all right, how do we tie this into scythe? And um, how do we like make what what's what's the final scare? Where does the game turn? And then I put the twist of it. Uh, this is some spoilers for people that haven't played Burger Barn. I'll give a pause here. All right, yeah, so open up the can. <laughs> all right, so <laughs> Burger Barn that you find out is a simulation, and that's the big twist. And then it it's surprising because if you I watched all the I watch as many LPs and try to comment and like leave timestamps so people know I'm actually watching, you know, taking feedback in and it's like watching a movie, your own movie air almost. But um 
it actually is like 15 minutes of people walking to the final reveal when you find out it's a simulation. Yeah. And it's just surprising. It's like, oh man, like how do we trick people into walking for 15 minutes? And then, you know, our <laughs> deeper spoilers for Burger Farm. Um, the ending of Barn, that whole area is the whole Charlie boss fight is in the same place that the first game ends. Sorry, when we get to spoilers, I have some fucking words about Charlie. <laughs> <laughs> you can you can say him now. Oh, that fucking boss fight. <laughs> it's kind of like um, uh, it's like a like an ocarina e inspired like dungeon-esque setting but it's like an uh, yeah. an alien isolation e ai and God, then he doesn't leave you the fuck alone <laughs> he is brutal there's a way to um I'll, I'll give you guys the ways to cheese them like all right first you can gather ingredients and stack them to the place you need them to go did that shit Hell before yeah. he even spawns it's once you turn the oh. power on so you could have everything ready, but you need to put the pipes in to start the oven. So there's a way to pretty much avoid him. And then also like you can trigger him with like striking the laser and then running into a vent and then going to the other side of the map. He investigates that laser every time. Yeah. Or the bomb, or like his uh his gut eggs. Like he's not laying eggs, people. He's like regenerating his stomach and <laughs> shitting it out. That's the canonical <laughs> war of it. He's like a male uh a rooster like uh what's that guy rockadoo rockadoodle do my dude hell yeah Yeah, that, that movie was like one of his uh, inspirations in the war he like he jams baritone guitar and like <laughs> these they all have like their <laughs> the buds were all designed off of like you know classic cartoons yeah and uh tropes i don't know the whole this is just rabbit holes upon rabbit holes in this game which is something I, I think that's why I appreciate most about it. But first off, thank you for admiring Rock and Doodle Do because anytime I bring up that film, that masterpiece, I just get insane looks because nobody knows. No what one knows what it about. is. Yeah, nobody knows what it is, dude. I that's my like a staple of my childhood. I that... cried every time the world gets the color back. <laughs> Are you kidding me? It's so good. There was even that in the diner. Yeah, dude, that moment is so good. Yep. Oh. Um. Yeah, and like you know, like the early farmyard festivities kind of look like Steamboat Willie or um, old Looney yeah. Tunes. You know, Tex Vanover based on Tex Avery, the guy that designed all the cartoon buds, uh, which were based on the 3D models. Um, his name is Shiloh Vanover, a friend of mine, and he's really into animation. And you know, across the years, and uh, we we worked together on basing the lore of these characters. Like, I was just like, all right, make these kind of look like Pokemon or Mario, like for the anime era. And oh, yeah. then there's the uh, 90s Nickelodeon era. I'm just like, ah, real monsters, Ren and Stimpy, Rocco's Modern Life, just, you know, Coward the Courage, uh, Courage the Cowardly Dog. I haven't really watched that, but I, you know, I was more a Nickelodeon kid. But the whole 90s yeah. era had this weird, creepy look. So, like, we did, like, one era was designed based on them. And, uh, yeah, yeah, it was fun to take buds and... I don't know. You like Rockadoo, so I assume you you can catch this reference. Have you ever heard of Watership Down or the Plague Dogs? Plague Dogs, I know. Or at least I know of. Or Animals of Farthing Woods. I don't think I know that. So, like, those three are like, all right, Watership Down is a movie about bunnies murdering each other in a gang war. And then, like, yeah, yeah, it's dope. And then Plague Dogs 
is obviously the two dogs getting chased by the government because they were like inhumane tests on them and like they're trying to escape like getting purged or whatever and then um animals of farthing woods is like a show about like it's kind of like a ripoff of well i don't want to say ripoff it's inspired by watership down where they're moving from one place to another because their their habitat's getting torn down and all the buds are leaving or i already called them buds all the animals are leaving <laughs> and getting killed off like gruesomely in the show it's like the walking dead of kill children animal it's it's insane like look up just the animal the animals of farthing woods death scenes oh and it's God. just like like there's like two hedgehogs and they get hit by a truck like they're scared and they have like a conversation it's like a couple and they're like i can't move and it's like no and like the, the tire hits them you're like jesus but uh that was the inspiration for the buds it's like this weird cartoon that like it has a twisted story like the the finale in the all all the cartoon iterations of these characters they just get killed off and served as food yeah and that ties into obviously the story on a deeper meta level in a way i don't know it yeah. all is like layers like uh, shrek sure everything is like shrek everything goes back to shrek um so bar so i haven't played barn my first as i mentioned my first game of yours was farm um barn is it just the restaurant stuff until the reveal of the i won't repeat the spoiler <laughs> um yeah it's much more basic yeah. um there's no timer it's just uh on the rails and oh, then just... you choose how much you interact with on the way out but if you choose to pick up documents, you can read them and, you know, learn more. So when you guys were building Barn, was Barn was Barn supposed to be like a was it built as like another like Scythe one off, like quick bite size experience? Or did you build Barn with the intention of really expanding it into what would become Farm? With uh, with Barn, we I made a document that says other all right spoilers again <laughs> there's a lot of war people there's gonna be a lot of spoilers um play the damn game yeah play the game first and then come then back come and listen back. to this yeah exactly um this is one the, like the first document you pick up is in the elevator as it's going up and people are supposed to pick it up and read it before the reveal of the graphic switch because it goes from like ps1 aesthetic to like hd and that's like whoa this is the real world and um the document you pick up in the the elevator feeds the reveal because it's like simulation stages and then it it depicts four different stages i think it's like a hospital a theme park the burger barn itself and uh, a grave digger and then you know like i was literally seeding sequels i'm like all right like, let's see what people would want to get from the second game like just yeah. throwing like uh what are those things called like focus group stuff into there <laughs> as yeah. war and like all right, let's, let's just throw some bait out and like see what people find but i think like markiplier played our game and then tiny build saw so, it from that and yeah like expand you, uh, this expand this and yeah that's funny you say that my uh as i was like downstairs earlier my roommate was watching markiplier play farm <laughs> i was like oh i'm actually talking to the guys uh, who made this she, she was like oh shit really it's like yeah <laughs> oh that's cool tell her yeah. we all said hello i will and hope uh hopefully it was an enjoyable watch he's pretty funny i i to be honest, I never watched streamers until we released games. And then now I yeah. like, I, I realize how much service they do to developers, like how much like insight you can get from seeing people, you know, 
in real time too like on Twitch. yeah it's it could be direct feedback and also just help echoing and amplifying smaller titles well that is well for, too, for the for, sure. for the folks who stream indie games like us like markiplier like stuff like that but yeah i mean it's a, it's a tool to help amplify and improve discoverability which is obviously a massive thing uh especially in the indie scene and like the itch.io scene like new it's like Bandcamp and like you know mm-hmm. new things drop every yeah. single day and it just like some come and go without any praise or any wind you know it's yeah it's kind of like bands and like like yeah. like in the 70s everyone knows about sabbath zeppelin you know deep purple even is kind of put pushed to the back but then you get bands like pro cole harem or gentle giant and it goes really deep and like there's all these bands from the 70s in the 60s and the 80s and the 90s and so on that like even like all right thrash metal the big four metallica yeah. anthrax slayer megadeth it's like well, what about exodus and testament and creator and overkill and like all the annihilator and all these like sick bands are bigger than the big four in many ways or whatever and i agree that's just you know i feel like that's kind of where music is at now is like they give you five options in any genre and then they just show you that option for 20 years and then yep. they just do tabloids about like like oh Don Dawkins crapped his pants. It's like, well, why are you like crapping on our what you know our heroes that like made amazing music? I that sorry Don Dawkins, you're, I love Dawkins. Like, um, yeah, if you're watching this, <laughs> yeah, right. We will take you for a song in the next game. Hell yeah, we'll do a let's do a collab. Um, I mean, yeah, it's like in terms of what music, still like the only rock music out there according to like mainstream audiences is like Foo Fighters and maybe U2, I guess. And like ghost and like baby metal. And it's just like, all right, like, and this is what I want to bring up is like, like putting ghost as the only new rock band is detrimental because then people either choose to like or dislike ghost rather than choosing between 10, 20, 30, a hundred new bands. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, like they're like, I think people would be less harsh and less fanatical on a band if they had more options like i mean uh, of course like, everyone's going to be against great van fleet that's like the only option they're getting like you yeah. should give them a few more i mean it's like everybody kind of based off like everybody bases the rock genre or i guess sort of the metal genre also just based off the grammys like what are the five nominees this year that encompasses all of the fucking genre well yeah and but then it, when you put like, anything in that's not the norm they get mad like jethro exactly. toll winning like jethro toll deserved that album over metallica they were both yeah. good albums jethro toll rip and that album is quite metal listen to steel monkey they oh, made yeah, synth metal and steel monkey like go listen to that <laughs> yeah, it's insane they I made mean, especially... a beverage off of it it was so metal <laughs> i think don't Do even like that. being in new york and like uh like especially like the brooklyn like very like oh, diy nice. yeah, like brooklyn. pop punk scene uh, i'm in i'm up in sleepy hollow but um which like quick train ride i'm down that way but like the scene there especially like with bigger names such as like jeff rosenstock or like chris farron even to like kind of smaller acts like uh another astronaut friend friends of ours like fucking phenomenal but like always struggle just trying to get a new set of ears and i think like for rosenstock for example i think he's the fucking biggest thing in the world but like I feel like I'm so alone in that like concept and that's even echo worse now. I oh, mean, yeah. now there is no nothing, but you know, like before the pandemic and everything, like the jam scene is pretty cool. I'll say like you can go to music festivals in like the hippie grateful dead type scene. And you know, every yeah. genre has that, but like, it's cool to see the, the indie level uh, art, in any scene music yeah. games it's always to me more interesting 
Yeah, I agree. And like, shout out to uh, there's a music festival I go to every year, Riot Fest. Like, Riot Fest is a very good spot for like they always like highlight. Where is Riot Fest? It's in Chicago. Okay, I've heard the name many times. I'm on the I'm in Massachusetts, so I'm on the East Coast as well. Oh, nice. We like the one I would shout out would be like a Strange Creek or like I don't know. I used to go to all those festivals, Gathering of the Vibes and Mountain Jams. Yeah, and like I don't even remember Mowdown. That's a fun one in New York. Oh yeah, I forgot about that one. Yeah, we try to make it out to Chicago every year for Riot. It's always like, yeah, they have like major fucking names. Like one year they, I mean, they were responsible for getting the Misfits back together. But like, oh, that's cool. They also have like these smaller, like like uh, the Bronx, for example, is like this fucking nuts like punk band that like not a lot of people kind of give a praise to. But um, yeah, and uh, shout out to this year particular. Uh, I feel like this year was the year of ska, and nobody's really listening to it. <laughs> there was so much good ska this year nice i i never got into punk i was always a metalhead but i always like the genres that have like a variety you know there's so many yeah. different types of of metal or punk or hip-hop like there's just I mean, that too man so like much to it you can I'm, find rabbit holes yeah you know? like i'm kind of like sort of in the camp as well that like genre is like kind of dead because like it's hard it's so hard to classify what music is with technology <laughs> nowadays yeah like too, there's there's like, so much blend and like cross contamination happening in such a beautiful fucking way that's so hard to nail down like yes this is a metal song yes this is a rock and roll song there was one band that was doing like grindcore hardcore and like new metal and it sounded kind of like early slipknot and there was samples in there but it also had hip-hop i forget what it's called Oh, is it is out. it Corey taylor's son's band <laughs> that literally is slipknot pretty much what is that i haven't heard that oh, I've heard, damn I'll, I'll look it up um i'll find it uh how about uh do you know fever 333 i don't think so they're essentially like modern day um rage against the machine they fucking rule except maybe nice. a little heavier um and we're griffin park taylor that's your that's your son's name and the band is also, yeah, audience, I swear I know this is a video game conversation. Um eleven albums in in uh in Happy Sumble Burger Farm. This yeah, is yeah. warranted this is warranted conversation. Yeah. Uh Vended <laughs> is the the band's name. I'll they're very good. Yeah, I think they're releasing a record next year. They they have a couple songs out now. Um uh, man, the kid sounds just like Corey Taylor. It's insane. <laughs> it, it uh blew my mind like when I first started playing guitar slipknot was my favorite uh the self-titled me and my friends listen to that and like rode bicycles and like rented sleepaway camp from like the laundromat video store shit but (laughs) then like iowa came out and like it was like oh my god like it was so dark and it sounded like they murdered people in the recording studio (laughs) and like i i moved on to like traditional metal and you know as kids do you like dismiss like all the stuff that you liked and then sure you know for forever i didn't like go back and listen to that my you know my original favorite band like i saw them at the centrum center in worcester playing with system of a down and like american head charge and edema and like it was supposed to also have ramstein and mudvane but they both didn't show up i'm like ah ramstein and mudvane are on my bucket list i know i wish they had showed up at that show it was called i think the pledge of allegiance tour oh man but um you know i like stopped listening all that but then during burger farm i had the urge to record a new metal album so I just like went back and listened to all that stuff. And I'm like, this is way cooler. Like I dismissed all this, but it's actually really fun. Like I just listened to yeah. like all the Rob Zombie stuff and like, 
you know, like Mudvayne, Static X, uh, System of a Down, a little drowning pool, a little disturbed, Slipknot, of course. I'm just like, yeah, oh, I should have never disavowed the whole music genre. I'm, I'm an elitist. Dude, like new the latest Slipknot record, really fucking good. And the new stuff so far, which I'm assuming is coming out next year, it's fucking great so far. Their riffs got more intricate, but I, I yeah. I'm I still I still prefer the first two. Like uh oh, and even course. Mayfield yeah. Killer Pete is also really dope. But um just the self-title in Iowa still just resonates so much because I how much I listen to those. Oh yeah. I mean you always, all the yeah, new yeah. albums when I went back and I I listened to them for the first time, you know, the last few months when I was making that new metal album for the game. And I was just like, whoa, they got like really like thrashy. Like I don't know, like the riffs really expanded. They definitely yeah. changed their sound. I don't know. They're they're sick. I should have never stopped listening. Actually, they headlined Riot Fest this past year and got to catch them again. They're put on such a fucking show still. Yeah, all that industrial stuff that they add in is really cool. Yeah. And Mudvayne just got back together. They're playing again after Homeboy did Hell Yeah for years. Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah, his uh, the bassist in Mudvayne is like playing like pro- progressive jazz. Yeah. Just behind the new metal. It's really interesting. It's so sick. <laughs> uh anyways video games um <laughs> yeah so uh yeah barn came out and then so you uh mentioned tiny build caught uh markiplier playing barn I think, and, yeah i think that's what they said specifically so it, that was that the connection with tiny build like that's how they like they reached out to you guys yeah they hit us out uh through like a through our website uh, form nice. submission and i found it and i was just like oh red alert guys <laughs> i mean yeah <laughs> it's a Discord. hell of a red alert and then uh, like, we talked yeah, like, to them and that they were really they were really cool. Yeah, I mean like Tiny Build is definitely like one of the major players in the indie scene as far as like publishing goes. I mean like they it just like when I saw Tiny Build was attached to Farm, I was like, yes, this makes complete sense because of specifically I was thinking because of their interest in Hello Neighbor and what they're doing with that franchise in terms of granted Hello Neighbor is more of a I've never played it myself, but more of like a PG PG 13 kind of horror experience. So like, I'm sure they kind of want to capture that like YouTuber let's play kind of like horror experience again. And like, it just seemed like a match made in heaven. They, um, Alex, the CEO, really, really cool dude. Like really championed, you know, not, you know, us, like our vision, you know, there's never any, you got to pull back here. You can't do this. Or it was, awesome. there was always guidance and um, help. And then like uh, to, to our credit, I think we also, you know, we went above and beyond to try to accommodate every request made, you know, from everyone, whether it be publishing or porting uh, just as much to the best of our abilities as a three person team. Yeah. Uh, and it, yeah, it was really cool. Yeah. I, I liked working with them. I would definitely, be open to dlc or a sequel we have a tons of ideas uh please i i mean you mentioned theme park i i want a theme park now <laughs> that sounds yeah. so like in, in theory that sounds so sick like a first person roller coaster tycoon type thing oh fuck yeah give me a horror roller coaster tycoon you get it me that'd be I'm yeah that'd that. be awesome um man i lost my train of thought yeah uh so yeah, with Tiny Build, um, obviously a lot of these like what I was calling like these grunge horror games like typically live on PC. If Tiny Build wasn't involved here, um, do you think this would have made it to consoles? 
There's a trade-off. There wouldn't have been a port, but I do think we would have added and expanded way more. Uh, There was several side quests, like big Goron Mm. sword side quest type things. Uh, And, you know, a lot of people ask about, you know, spoilers again. A lot of people ask about the furnace and the graveyard, and it's just like, that's just Mm. the Banjo-Kazooie ice key. You know, like we had an idea for it, and it just, we didn't have time. Like, we wanted to accommodate getting it on consoles and it's still coming out on switch you know nice yeah that's still in the cards for early 2022 and it was a dream come true to get it on consoles Uh, i played it on ps4 and it's a different experience it feels more (laughs) more like a game i'm used to because i played so many consoles it's just crazy to see it on all three of those i have so much respect for all consoles the you know what they've brought me yeah yeah i was mainly because like you don't typically see these kind of games on console. And I, I think like between you guys and then also this year, Puppet Combo put out Murder House on, I believe, PlayStation and maybe all the consoles. Yeah, it's and awesome. You know, Puppet Combo. Fucking makes, rad. Yeah, it makes awesome. I actually have uh, a, my physical copy of Feed Me Billy next to me. It was a early Christmas gift. Very that's that's that. excellent. Uh, um, their games yeah. are great. Uh we briefly like we had um he published bloodwash and we worked with henry for a little bit uh who was you know i think he was one half of the team that made bloodwash with jordan yeah and uh just they he just pumps so many cool concepts out and they're yeah. very very like nostalgic in a way like oh this is like an unreleased game i never found it's like you go to like some weird video store in your town just find all these games and there's a lot of that you know like haunted ps1 and like yeah the, Chilla the or, yeah I, I forget what who's the convenience store chilla killa that's and then germ familiar. food you know yeah. night of the consumers uh, that's what i'm saying like all these are like obviously like the pc space and the steam community massive but like people like me who like have really just started doing pc stuff this year because like i just finally like doing like streaming and interviews and stuff like that i needed a pc so like all right fucking like you know start messing around with steam and stuff i never really knew what was out there like i've i've always heard of dread x i've always like seen like the haunted ps1 demo this stuff and like i was so jealous i didn't have access to it and like I'm sure there are a lot of people like me that like Friday or like every Saturday or whatever, I'll just go on the PSN store and just see what released. And like, it was so awesome to see one of these like grungy horror, dirty fucked up PS one horror titles on the recently released. And of course I instantly bought it and I had a fucking blast with it. And I think, you know, between you guys and puppet combo and like, hopefully like it's the, the first of many, I know, um, chasing static is also getting a console port next year like i really hope this is like the dominoes like starting to fall for like again going back to discoverability like i this is like a genre for especially for fans of horror that like people really need to fucking pay attention to because like yeah it's really special and again just like to credit to you guys again like farm is i i wasn't bullshitting in my review like i it's truly special and like definitely one of my favorite experiences of the year um just especially with like the twists and turns, which I did not fucking expect when I went into that game, I expected to flip burgers for maybe an hour and you gave me so much more. So kudos to you. And like, I really hope people fucking play this game. <laughs> me, uh, You know, us too. Um, we understand all the critiques and the feedback. And it's just like, you know, a lot of people say, you know, it might be a little bit buggy or like, oh, I don't like that. You revealed something early. 
And it's like, please just play through because, you know, that twist in the first thing isn't on purpose because it gets so crazy that that twist means nothing. Once you get to twist five and six, you're like, you're so mind fucked. It's like a fast food fever dream. It's just like, just give it a whole full run. You know, if you don't like how it plays out, it's totally understandable. You know, not everyone's going to like like the the game loop. It's a weird game loop. You know, you're cooking to earn money so you can craft things so you can further Metroidvania expand out into these weird ocarina alien isolation type areas like we're just we just love video games and we really wanted to make something unique and um i mean like there's a radio with two and a half hours of content yeah dude it's fucking and, insane uh, 60 plus tv programs i made 11 albums from scratch just for this oh, game because we wanted damn. to put that much effort into this like there's a jukebox it needs to be different music genres and it cannot sound like one person made them all yeah. right, let me get off and like do a lo-fi hip hop and a new metal <laughs> and like a boards of Canada e like ambient IDM album and just you know fuck it. So yeah, like dude, no joke, like with the jukebox in particular, I had to like I had company coming over or whatever. I I typically blast whatever music as I'm cleaning around. I was like, you know what, fuck it, let me just go on the jukebox. I'll set my controller down and that'll be my background music. And damn, that music is fucking good. Thanks. <laughs> yeah, uh, that was really you know interesting challenges like let's write music in new genres i've never wrote music in and yeah, just dude, i mean try to make it sound like different people and you know caleb makes really cool music too he makes music uh under kfdda he kind of stopped since we started making video games but sure you know he always says i i promote his music more than he does but i always try <laughs> to push people there too to listen to his stuff like he makes really cool like like dark electronic synth wave uh the next game if we if we do a sequel or whatever you know scythe game we do next i'm going to open up the floor to more musicians but for this game i really wanted to i don't know just like prove a point in some selfish way like look at how much music i can do in a year Uh, (laughs) it was was self-indulgent yeah i mean like in the midst of lockdown i I, that was like a project i was doing also i was like let me try to do like just a, a shit ton of short songs and see what happens just to really challenge yourself exactly yeah and it's fun and it, like it keeps like your kind of like wits about or whatever that's not the right term but you know what i mean um especially with endless mode because like if yeah. you're playing endless mode by all means like keep changing the music like there's like like probably 100 songs and a lot of them are like 10 minutes like just you'll <laughs> like get a, get into a trance and just just jam out while you're you're flipping bergs that's a uh, something i also want to make like abundantly clear um like yeah this this game like the the big like threadline or whatever is that it's this like wild fucking adventure that like horror adventure that you're being taken on uh the fucking burger flipping is it's so fucking fun to play (laughs) they uh caleb crushed it with the mechanics like i would have never wanted to ever play a horror game i mean a cooking game uh sure personally like it just doesn't appeal to me like i'll just cook food in real life and eat it but uh it's just so satisfying like cooking and it's like just, once you get like a yeah. pattern going like 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 a lot of people struggle we released the game and it was too chaotic like everything was amped up to day seven on day one and like i was oh, just man. i was watching all these playthroughs on like 1.5 speed so i could like comment and like watch them sincerely but also like accommodate <laughs> as many as possible so yeah. like the chaotic nature at 1.5 speed was just making me die laughing i was just like <laughs> like tearing up laughing like watching all these people get like wrecked like these really good streamers that i've seen like play our other games very well just getting wrecked and i was just laughing my ass off but we patched it we're trying to you know accommodate 
Yeah, like I mean, when I was initially playing it for a review, and obviously, I think I was like, I was the only person I knew that was playing it pre-release on um, what on a console, right? PS. I was playing it on PS Five. Oh, PS Five. Okay. Yeah, I was That's fancy. Awesome. Um, yeah, where where are those haptic feedbacks, John? Come on, <laughs> I want to um, feel the burgers. Uh, don't do it. Don't do it. <laughs> it's a joke. <laughs> all right. Yeah, I don't have a PS Five yet. I have a PS Four, <laughs> so I don't know what that is yet. Um. But yeah, like when I was playing and like uh, digging in, um, I played so much of just like I I did so many shifts, mainly because I thought I just had to keep doing shifts. But I, it was OK because I was just having a blast doing it until it finally clicked that like, oh, wait, that thing crashed through the fence in that warehouse. Maybe there's something at the warehouse. Oh, I'm a dick. I could open up this door. And then I was like, oh, this is what this game is. OK, that um, is the thing that doesn't get revealed like. People could get stuck in an infinite loop, and I've seen it. I've watched streams that I, were six yeah. hours in. I'll jump into a t- Twitch stream. It's six hours in, and they, they're still, like, they're cooking. I'm like, oh, no, they haven't found PD yet. So I'll, like, gently be like, hey, did you ever check the construction site there, buddy? And then, like, <laughs> I think for me, like, I checked out. Like, as soon as that happened, I checked out. Uh, also, light spoilers, whatever. We're at the – we're nearing an hour. Um when that happened, I initially like I walked around, I got the tape that was on top of the crane or whatever, and like I, I did wander around. And um what I did fucking love also, which was the first hint, was the I got were the tractors, bulldozers that are like the cardboard. Fucking love that touch. Um I think that was a Blake. Yeah. Blake touch. He did Blake, he I does all it. the modeling and the level design. Because he like looks up architecture so, to make sure it's like on point. Dude, it's so brilliantly designed because like once you're like when you're outside of that fence and you're just like kind of passing it with each shift, you don't notice it until like you pass by it. And it's like, oh, fuck this game. Something's fucked up going on. Obviously, something fucked up is going on. But like it's an extra layer of fucked up that I didn't realize was happening. And I love it. But like when I went to go first check out that area, my dickhead self just I didn't realize that was a door. <laughs> to go into that, that is a common thing. Like we, we that's something we should have telegraphed better. Um, it is cool though. You know, I kind of do like people like being rich by the time they get there because then shit just falls it, off dude, the rails so oh. much. Like it's like, all right, yeah. you leave that fight and then you're seeing fireworks and you're like, what the fuck is this? And then you go dude. there and then you go back to your apartment to try to sleep. <laughs> and then your uh, talking head pops out and you're like, wow, what is what <laughs> the is amount this? of money I spent on Charlie? Thank God I worked that many shifts. <laughs> Charlie, uh, all right, let me give you this little behind-the-scenes tidbit. At one point, there was no vents, and the oh, oven God. was in the middle of the second-floor lava pit. Oh, my God. Fuck it that. It was so hard. I was pissed. <laughs> like, I was playtesting, and it just he kept fucking me up. I'm like, what are we doing? Like, people are going to be so angry unless we rename this Burger Souls. <laughs> like, and then, yeah, you know, like, like even, like... Like the on release, it was chaotic, but to us, it wasn't. We were so used to sure. it. like the uh, the invisible guy that turns off the lights. He runs up, and then like I just jump up on the thing and keep making the burger, and he runs by me and pass, and I jump back down, finish the burger, go turn it on. Like it's all second nature. So sure. people are complaining like, "Oh, this is nothing like the alpha." It's like it's so intense right off the bat. It's like, well, yeah, we kind of got tunnel vision. We were so used to this shit that. It was was not difficult for us. Oh yeah, if you're, play, it yeah, down, you're playing it every single day, like yeah, of course. Um, and something with Charlie. So I so I thought I got bugs because the the PR person um told me like yeah this is a day one 
patch planned. If you want to play the PC version, it's closer to the final release. You know, just let me know. I was like, eh, I'm good with the PS4 version. Fine. So with Charlie, I, I contained Charlie. I did the whole fire thing. I, you know, homeboy's dead. We did it. Um, but I noticed the objective still said contain Charlie. So I was like, oh, what the fuck's going on? Did I do it wrong? So I kept just redoing the Charlie fight over and over and over oh, and over geez. again. Um, and there was a couple of times where uh, a, like once I got the, the five burgers in, like Charlie looked at the burgers and I got the prompt that said like, oh, you need all five ingredients. So I was like, did I miss the fucking ingredients? And I just kept doing it over and over and over again. And then on release day, um, got the day one patch and uh did the fight like two more times. It was the same thing happening. And I finally looked at a walkthrough. I was like, Oh God damn it. There's a door that opened up and I never checked like the hallway or anything. And sure shit. I just went through that door and all good. So that's <laughs> something we learned on this game is that it's, this is a very fine line. There's a balance between telling people exactly what they need to do and like do it in a way where they don't feel like you're just telling them exactly what to do. Yeah. So like sometimes like our severed head Navi pops up, who was voiced by Blake, by the way. Um, oh, nice. He did a fantastic job. <laughs> yeah, he was Vic. Um, Caleb did the boss voice and everyone asked me if it was me. I'm just like, no, that's just him doing an impersonation of me. And then I like took it down <laughs> three and transpose. Um, and then I voiced Maverick Cooper, the radio DJ. Nice. We all like voiced characters because obviously... Like, all right, like if we need like if a character has a lot of dialogue, it's good that it's us. Yeah. And then like Toe was my Australian friend that like makes really <laughs> cool like electronic music. Oh, nice. Uh breakout star from all the feedback I'm seeing. <laughs> yeah, Toe Ooh, is a Toe is a delight. But you know, I think you did it correctly. Like I you I hate a big detriment to a lot of games is that they are a little too handholdy and in horror, you can't be too handholdy. I think what just didn't trigger in my brain is like, I expected the contain Charlie to go away. And I thought I kept doing something wrong because contain Charlie didn't go away. I, I, I saw that last night on a stream. Like someone wasn't sure what to do because it said that. So it's like, you're not alone. And like every, like every piece of feedback that's along those lines, I'm like, yeah, you're right. Like I watched it. <laughs> It's like hard to know on your own. I, I'm oh, not good at catching bugs. Like Blake playtested the, the hell out of the game, like thousands of hours, and finds every little thing he can. Me, I'll notice like cosmetic shit. Like, oh, there's like a blade of grass sticking through that tent in Northbury <laughs> Grove. Blade of grass. Like, I like see that stuff. But when I watch people play, that's when I really like am able to like cast a net and like, all right, here's like what people like are pissed about. Here's what people are like really excited about. Like, how do we juice that dopamine <laughs> again? Like, how do you like continue that? Because like at the end of the day, you want people to have like an experience. Oh, of course. I mean, like they, they and remember again to the credit of this game and like just how many twists and turns there are. As soon as you get out of that Charlie segment and the world is like fucking falling apart around you. Holy shit. Oh, yeah. That was Caleb. Like what a great reveal. I love that, too. Like he. um he just made everything glitch out like people weren't sure if it's all happening in your head it isn't it's an underground facility yeah. it's giant and like some of it's real some of it's fake and that even that's disconcerting you're not sure what the fuck is going on it's a fast food fever dream but that yeah. whole sequence um he made that and he's just like 
um do you have a song for this i'm like listening listen to the boards of canada album mutual decline or the second <laughs> boards of canada inspired album um mutual decline he's just like okay like what song am i thinking of i'm like number four and he's like how'd you know i'm like i don't know i just knew that the song <laughs> would fit the ending like it's just kind of happy but it's kind of sad yeah and i think i like i made it based on like something from eastbound and down like when kenny powers fakes his death and like there's like this really yeah. sad song and it's like requiem for the static king <laughs> by like a winged victory for the soul and i think they're called okay i don't know but like it's just an amazing song it's just like a really melancholy like cello and it's just two chords that just go back and forth uh-huh. and i was just like that's really really cool like i always play too many notes so let me try to play too little i know notes. it's it's so hard to like hold yourself back because like yeah there's beauty and simplicity i say that every game i tend to review i use that line like beauty is simplicity um yeah sometimes yeah just two chords work or just like i don't know just a restaurant usually is like fucking brilliant or just a warehouse or just a fucking hellscape with a chicken uh, (laughs) is beautiful sorry rooster um yeah, man, I, I can't say enough good things about this game. I mean, like, I was so in from the get-go. Even, like, when I first saw the trailer back over the summer, I was like, yep, this is a Mike-ass fucking game and absolutely one of my most anticipated things, and you guys somehow exceeded my expectations. So kudos to you and the rest of the team. That's, you know, like, what makes us make games is just hearing, like, feedback like that and, like, I don't know, we all grew up playing so many. And, like... Yeah. Like, even me just sitting there replaying Ocarina of Time, like, the last, like, two weeks ago, even not on its original form. It's just, yeah, it transported me back to that time. So I hope people now playing this game find some solace in these weird times. And then, like, hopefully yeah. 20, 30 years later, they can play it again, have the same feeling I do when I replay the games I grew up with. And they're just like, oh, this is fun. I remember this. Yeah, I I was actually thinking about that also because like, yeah, there are those games that we tend to replay like maybe on an annual, semi-annual basis. Like for me, as we're talking about pre-recording, like I play Star Fox at least once a year. Well, Star Um, Fox is a a very interesting game because of the different paths. That is insanely replayable. Like you could, yeah, of course. You could replay that like every three months and it's just a different experience depending on how you want to tackle the missions. And then I like how like if you win the secret path you could still choose like nah i still want to go to that lesser you know <laughs> yeah i still want to do it. you could kind of plan your trajectory it's so good um by the way uh if if you're did a star you, fox fan did yes. you catch the star fox reference no there's a star fox reference in this game have you clicked on the animals in the restaurant yeah who, so, who has a star fox line um the first thing that um Petey the portly pig says is i'll help you fast happy old pal oh my god i didn't catch that there, there's, so there's a lot of cheeky references uh oh, you know you. i sat <laughs> and packed packed a pipe and wrote the loading screens in an hour and you know they're the lo- hit or okay. miss they're no, hit or all miss. The, lo- the loading screens are fucking fantastic i forgot to bring that up then thank you for bringing it up are you fucking kidding me they're brilliant <laughs> I can get why people are like, this is a horror game. This takes me right out. But it's like, uh, I, I don't know. Okay, I, like, but it's a horror I like the balance. A fucking demonic cow chasing you. Like, okay. like There's a sardonic humor. There's a yeah. sardonic humor. 
Um, but speaking of Star Fox, if you're interested, have you ever heard of it, it's um, a Kickstarter uh, success? Um, X Zodiac. No, I haven't. it's currently in development. Look into it. It is the most faithful like rendition of Star Fox that I have played so far. And there's a 2022 is going to be kind of like a Star Fox renaissance in terms of like indies. There's a few things in the works, but X Zodiac. Oh, my God. It's fucking brilliant. It feels so good. Send me a link to that on the John of the yeah. Show profile on Twitter or whatever. Uh, yeah, I'll you DM want to communicate on. I uh, will definitely check it out. There's a lot of cool indie stuff. I just I haven't been able to keep up with because it's uh, so hard to. <laughs> when you get like into like a development cycle, it's hard to keep up with anything. Like I bought yeah a few new games, like Far Cry Six and nice the uh, the Assassin's Creed with Vikings and the Odyssey, which I haven't played either. And then breath of the wild, which I'm behind on. And like, I'm like midway through Luigi's mansion three and like, I'm all right. Check this out. I'm playing half-life for the first time. I've never really played half-life. So you're fine. All right. All right. (laughs) But like my dev team, you know, the other two members of it are are extremely sacrilege. Yeah. Like uh, I'm trying to get them to play the mass effect trilogy. I have like an extra copy of the legendary edition. I just want to send out to them. So like, please, please play this. And then like, I, I I'm just play played. I just played the first one for the first time this year. Mass Effect. Yeah. Incredible um, story. And then I got like four hours into two and then something else came out and I haven't got back and I really need to. <laughs> oh man. Two might be my favorite. I don't know. Everyone craps on three, but. I yeah. think three is incredible. I'm a big gamers fan being mean. Are you kidding me? <laughs> Never yeah. heard of it. All right. Let me, I want to say this. I want to defend the gamers in a sense that, all right, for us, our experience has always been like, just be nice to people. Um, yeah. You know, like if someone has negative feedback, just take it in and like try yeah. to accommodate their vision or, you know, if they're nice, be nice to them, you know, don't clown on the fans. Don't meme on them just treat them like humans like they're like i just think of when i was a kid like if i'd like hit up something like like the creator of mortal Kombat, like oh i love your games and they're just like shared my dm as like a screenshot like yeah look at this chode or whatever like it would have crushed me so like oh of course yeah so in our experience like gamers have been like pretty damn cool and it's like a super like in our experience like a super open community like everyone's really kind to each other and I don't know everyone's everyone's on the up and up they're more like invested a, in like 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 being like conspiracy theorists about site war <laughs> and like trying yeah. to figure everything out than anything which is good you know i don't know we like to foster that type of i think vibe. it's a it's a good thing about the indie scene in particular that everybody is so supportive and like understanding of each other and it's like everybody has like a great open dialogue between everybody and we're all just in this because we fucking love video games yeah. And we, it's particularly indie games that have such a unique vision and such a unique execution in terms of a visual language or music or just narrative lore characters like yeah we're all just in this together and i i think that's why like a big reason why we focus on indies in particular just because it's no nonsense everybody's just chill everybody's having a good time supporting it's like art a band putting on their own tour it's a band yeah it's great in a van like eating ramen noodles that they like microwave at a motel like to just to to survive like the passion (laughs) that they need to like just survive and withstand each other for the amount of time the tour takes and still put a good show on yeah you gotta respect that and like 
here's the thing like i hope every game does well oh of course unless it's some derivative knockoff or like i mean that in the sense of like i'm not trying to give the player a good experience of course you're going to be inspired by stuff like full disclosure i've never played a single fnaf game but i respect the legacy and the fact that 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 guy built like his own universe a and b his own gameplay loop he designed his own style of video game like the whole surveillance system setup is something like he pretty much engineered himself so like and not only that but to captivate an audience around an entire franchise like anyone that does that like mortal Kombat, i've mentioned but like even like you know like mortal uh mario or hello neighbor or all these other games out there uh everyone that's worked on dread x once you've made a game you have the PTSD of being a game developer and you want everyone else to succeed. <laughs> yeah, of course. And here's what I think about crunch personally. I think crunch is the sign of a good game developer because they have so many ideas they want to accommodate and they want to give the player like the best experience possible. So the like, game crunch comes with like, I have so much more I can say with this game is I have so much more I can do. I could add all this and give the player this much more depth that's you know you're always going to be crunch and happy's humble was basically us battling scope creep and hopefully like having some sort of victory over it because like we really tried to you know pull all stops and give people something they did not expect you know i like when people expect cooking with jump scares and then they're like what yeah in the fuck is this that's the reaction that's- i want i want to blow your mind's with something you did not expect and I want you to remember it and hopefully uh like 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 what you said if like we're able to help us in puppet combo and everyone else crossing over to platforms if we're able to help in any way get more games made by small teams on the councils that are have niche visions then uh we did our job right like we're like we we only hope that we helped be some sort of ambassador for that. Hell yeah. Perfectly fucking said. And I think that's a great end cap to this conversation. John, thank you so much for hanging out with me tonight. I appreciate you greatly, especially the week before Christmas. <laughs> oh, absolutely. No problem. Um, I appreciate you having me. Uh, yeah, of course. So it's always, um, you know, an honor to hear people even enjoy the games. No, oh, dude. I, I mean, you said it perfectly. Like I did expect, overcooked with jump scares and you gave me so much more holy hell um please uh pimp everything well first off happy humble burger farm where can people play it where can people find it all that good stuff happy humble burger farms available on steam uh gog itch.io epic game store playstation 4 and 5 xbox one and uh series x is that correct sorry if i yeah. got it wrong x x and s yeah they know Xbox. also uh <laughs> it should be coming to nintendo switch sometime in 2022 not nice. sure yet you know we're not the porting team we just do the pc and uh sure. yeah you know hopefully we can continue to support and patch it as we have planned dope uh where could people find you and please uh plug your music if that's pluggable so we have uh scythe saga.bandcamp and then you okay. can also search, you know, John of the Shred, J-O-N of the Shred um, on Spotify or Tidal or any other streaming service. Also K-F-D-D-A if you want to hear our programmer Caleb's music. Cool. And then we have a bunch of free games on itch.io. 
if you search Scythe Dev Team on HIO, you can find the Northberry Grove Quadrilogy. Uh, and then also, of course, we have games on the Dreadx collection. They have a lot of cool stuff too. Always recommend other they really do. devs. Yeah. Cool. Well, thank you again so much. People listening, people watching, thank you so much for hanging out with us today. Uh, nothing says holidays like a terrifying uh, rooster chasing you <laughs> with uh, shit eggs. So go play Happy Sumble Burger Farm uh, and uh, let us know what you think. Thank y'all. Good night. Or goodbye. I don't know when you're watching this. Bye. Happy humble holidays. <laughs> Happy humble holidays. <laughs>